She's a good girl. Loves her mama. Loves Jesus. <laughs> In America too, she's a good. Uh, I, I, I I love I love Petty, but I'm not sure that this is the bump after that rant. <laughs> after that rant. Alrighty. Um. So. What we're gonna do now? Because I went way over in that last segment, and it seems silly to me to do a little bit uh, and then go to a third segment is we're going to uh, introduce the uh, interview we did with the Granite United Way, uh, President Patrick Tufts, uh, about how to uh, know whether or not you're going to get your donations to help those affected by natural or man-caused disasters uh, to where they need to go. And, of course, we partner with the uh, Granite United Way, and they more or less come on every week in one form or another to uh, highlight what they do in the community, raise awareness and otherwise uh, engage the community and develop additional participation. So uh, by the way, just a reminder, and I have to find this, I'm going to look for it right now, but the uh, governor of the state of New Hampshire is, uh, has, uh, le- is leading a charge to, um, collect various uh, necessities for Puerto Rico. And today, I, I believe it's today and tomorrow, and this is what I need to look up. It's either today and uh, I think it starts today. Uh, Puerto Rico, yeah, it was in the September 29th news read. The, so if you want to donate to help Puerto Rico, it's today, October 3rd and 4th. Uh, so it's today and tomorrow. From 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., you can drop off various items on the state house lawn. They will be collected and they will be sent to Puerto Rico. They say the most needed items include bottled water, ready-to-eat canned meats, fruits, and vegetables, can openers. Don't bring electric ones, folks. Just saying. Protein or fruit bars, dry cereal or granola, peanut butter, dried fruit, canned juices, Non-perishable pasteurized milk, high-energy foods, food for infants, and comfort and stress foods. So if you'd like more information, you can call Granite United Way's 211 line, uh, and you can make a monetary donation through readynh.gov. That's readynh.gov. Josh will uh, link to this um, article, which I'm giving him now, um, to the... Uh, with the archive and post it up on Facebook with a reminder that today and tomorrow from seven to six, the uh, governor of the state of New Hampshire is allowing you to dump food on the state house lawn, which will be picked up and sent to Puerto Rico to try to help with the utter devastation that has been wrought upon that Island by hurricane Irma. In the meantime, we're going to play this interview from Patrick Tufts of Granite United way, who we interviewed just after Harvey after Harvey and before Irma. And uh, it's a timeless interview because regardless of the natural disaster, it gives you great information on what to look for before you donate so that you're not had and people get not just helped, but the help that they really need given the circumstances. So ignore what time I say it is, ignore what day I say it is, 
just get to the content, and then we'll be back with you right before the top of the hour. Here's Richard. Good morning, Manchester, and to those of you in surrounding towns, welcome to Hour 3 of Toronto at Large. I am your ever-humble host, Rich Gerard. Thanks for tuning in. You can find us online at GerardAtLarge.com, and you can find us on Facebook and Twitter, also on Gerard at Large, where we encourage you to like us and to follow us because we just want to be loved. All right. As you know, normally in the 7 o'clock hour, we have our Community Connections segment with the folks from the Granite United Way. Uh, but due to uh, some scheduling challenges this morning, we are happy to say that we're with uh, Patrick Tufts, the president and CEO of the GUW. Does anyone call you goo? I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> I bet I'll hear it now, though. Yeah, probably. I don't know. How do you pronounce G-U-W? Would it be gua? Well, goo sounds good. Goo. We'll, we'll take that. <laughs> we'll take that. We need a nickname. So. We need a nickname. And so, uh, as I told you folks I was going to do last week, given the uh, calamity that's befallen uh, the Houston region and really a much larger swath of the country is Louisiana, all the way up through tech, uh, Tennessee, really got hammered. For some reason, Tennessee just, I don't know what happened in Tennessee, but the wheels fell off there. Yeah. And as the uh, country braces for Hurricane Irma, which looks like it's going to take either uh, a square shot at uh, Florida or take a right-hand turn and belt the Carolinas and maybe pay us a visit, um, you know, the need for disaster relief services um, is uh, acute. It's critical. And so many of us, uh, well-intentioned as we are, get duped by some celebrity endorsement, mm-hmm. however real or not it may be, et cetera, et cetera. So what I thought we'd do with the United Way this morning is talk to them sort of about how it works, mm-hmm. what happens when disaster strikes, and what can you do that is really helpful versus what you can do that really isn't, um, and get some explanation as to as to why. So with that, uh, Patrick, as always, it's good to have you here with us. We appreciate your uh uh, working with us on the topic this morning. Ah, no problem, Rich. Thanks so much for having us. And uh, uh, Glad to. And this, while you're talking, I'm just going to make a mic adjustment or two. Absolutely. So don't, don't be distracted by no it. No problem. Um, this is one of the little known things that United Way does uh, to benefit our communities. Uh, most people think of United Way as a local uh, fundraising and problem-solving organization. But as an international organization, when there's uh, disasters, United Way is called upon to both provide resources and support, especially through our 211 program. So since uh, Hurricane Harvey hit uh, on August 26, United Way immediately mobilized and created the United Way Harvey Recovery Fund, that where 100% of all donations will go to people on the ground in Texas and Louisiana. Um, There are hundreds of United Ways, as you know, Rich, across the country. Mm -hmm. And this particular storm hit 30 United Way communities. So when you think of the geography of that, I mean, our United Way here in New Hampshire covers 80% of the state. So if you think about the impact of this storm, how many people are displaced, how many people can't go to work today, how many people need support, Mm -hmm. it really is a huge, huge impact. disaster. Okay. So the uh, recovery fund, again, the United Way Harvey Recovery Fund um, did get a celebrity endorsement of the good kind. Uh, <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio uh, contributed the first million dollars to the fund. And Leonardo since then, yeah, and since then um, it's really taken off and that okay. money will be spent locally in those affected communities. Now, a, a lot of times uh, people don't know who to give to. So maybe they give 20 bucks to mm-hmm. you, they give 20 bucks to the American Red Cross, yep. they give 20 bucks to this one, 20 
uh, does it matter who people donate to? And if so, why? If not, why not? During disasters, this is when reputation matters the most. This is when you really want to give to the agencies that have been around for a while that you know about uh, with technology and Facebook and all the Twitter and crowdsourcing and all of those sort of things. There's going to be lots of opportunities to give your money. But I would ask people to consider looking at the organizations that have the scale and the ability. And you mentioned a number of them, United Way, Salvation Army, uh, Red Cross, Catholic Charities. These are organizations that have been around for a long time. They can react quickly. They're all rated very, very highly by GuideStar and Charity Navigator, which are not-for-profit watchdogs. And they're going to make sure your money gets to where you need it to go. But why would I give, say, to the Granite United Way versus Catholic Charities versus the American Red Cross? Do they all have different roles to play, different missions in a disaster? Or do they essentially do the same thing and and it doesn't matter? I guess that's you know, if I give to the United Way, yep. where is it going? What am I going to get versus if I give to the Red Cross? So it, the most important thing I'm I asking, always, I, don't, absolutely. I, don't, I don't want to pit one charity against nope. another. It's not my goal. It's to understand maybe the totality of the charitable aid sector and how it functions and really who does what, if they do anything that's any different than anybody right. else. That's where doing your homework makes a lot of difference. Um, right. Check in. Uh, you like that? Check yeah, in I with <laughs> Check in. With what the charities say they're going to do with the money okay. should you donate through them. Uh, you know, Red Cross is really known as opening up shelters and being emergency responders, getting on the ground quickly. Uh, they're excellent at what they do. They've been doing it a long time, and they're very immediate responders to what's going on. Okay. United Way takes a little bit of a different tilt. Uh, we make sure that we get emergency funds where they're needed on the ground, but we also understand that there's long-term recovery involved here, okay. which could be – Days, weeks, months out. Oh, I think we're talking years here. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it can be huge. And if you look back at some please, of the... By the way, in case you didn't know, down in, in Houston, where yep. the storm didn't flood, the uh, local communities are actually intentionally flooding as they release water from reservoirs. So people who survived the storm yep. are being drowned by their towns. I, I saw that on the news. I mean, uh, no, no, no joke. Yep. And, you know, it's like, what do you do? The the scale of these, in my 20-year United Way career, I've seen everything from the uh, Oklahoma City bombings to September 11th to Katrina, um, Katrina mm-hmm. to a local storm, you know, Hurricane Irene that really devastated the yep. Upper Valley region. Um, I've seen it all. And you're absolutely correct. This goes on for years. So when you're thinking about charities that you want to give to, again, each one does something different. So Mm -hmm. make sure that you understand what the charity does, what they say they're going to do. The United Way is going to get the money out to the local United Way chapter. And it's cash. So you're not looking for clothes. You're not looking for water bottles. You're not looking for furniture. You're looking for cash. United Way is looking for cash. Some of the other agencies might be looking for diapers, formula, Mm -hmm. clothes, um, gift certificates, yeah, things you know, like that. Yeah, because Governor Sununu mm-hmm. sent out a statement basically saying uh, right now that he talked to officials in Texas, he talked to uh, FEMA, he talked mm-hmm. to this one, he talked to that one, and they said, don't send stuff, send money. Yep. There are organizations, and again, FEMA's got its feet on the ground. There are organizations that get drinking water, get clothes, get things to people that need them. When you're talking about the United Way context or, or Red Cross, I think cash is is the best way to go, and that helps people right now in the intermediate term and then in the long term. And again, there is a specific call out there through other organizations for diapers, for um, 
pet supplies, dog food, cat food, yeah, and for something about that. Yep. So, all right. So the United Way is not just sort of like in the crisis, but mm-hmm. you're in the aftermath. So. Give it, tell us. So whatever funds you raise here, mm-hmm. you're going to give to what? Uh, United Way of Greater Houston? So we go right through the United Way Harvey Fund, and there are 30 impacted United Ways, and they will be the funds will be distributed through the United Way to the 30 impacted communities on a per capita basis on where the needs are. Yeah. So what kind of money have you folks been able to raise locally? And, and honestly, you know, we all like to think we're one great big happy family, mm-hmm. whatever it is, whether they're nonprofits. But everybody wants to sort of cut through the noise and make sure that their message gets out. Yep. And and they're raising funds for their specific purpose. So how does the United Way say cut through that noise? How do you reach your 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 traditional mm-hmm. or maybe your non traditional donor base? And do, do you set targets, goals? Do you say we, you know, our goal because of for this reason mm-hmm. that reason is to raise two million dollars, and here's our plan to do it? Or how does that all work? So we're our priority and our mission is really dedicated to our local community. So in the next week and a half, we're going to be launching a campaign to raise $9 million for New Hampshire and Vermont. That That's our mission. That, those are the only goals we put out there. When okay. something like this happens, we're part of a team across the country. There is no goal for the Harvey Fund. You know, yeah, no when goal. people – no goal. There's no goal locally for New Hampshire. We've already received hundreds of calls. We've directed people to our website where they can give directly to the Harvey Fund. Um you know, we don't do this in particular to raise money. This is where the strength of the United Way system and the thousands of United Ways across the world come together to get the dollars to where they need to be. Gotcha. Okay. So no goals, no particular outreach. Nope. You just expect that the phone's going to ring and you have a way of channeling those people who want to give mm-hmm. um, to where it needs to go. Yeah. And through our 211 system, which we've talked about on the show, yeah, we do get a lot of calls through 211. Yeah. We actually, we actually uh, re ran the 211 uh, interview we did Great. Uh, last week. And so perhaps that was mm-hmm. unknowingly timely of ours. But now I was going to add 211, if I recall correctly, that's a national thing, right? It's a United Way sponsored thing. It's in right. every county in the United States. So uh, how does 211 come to bear in a crisis like this? I mean, are people, mm-hmm. you know, in the affected areas thinking, oh, Wow, I'll call two one one, and if so, what's two one one telling them? So, in most cases, um, people are already familiar with two one one. They know it's a public inquiry line. They know that um, they shouldn't be calling nine one one. They can get the information they need from two one one. As of Thursday, so this data is a little bit old. One hundred and twenty thousand calls went through the Texas and Louisiana two one ones. People wow. searching for support. Uh, we've taken hundreds of calls in New Hampshire, primarily people asking us where can we give. Um, okay. I and we do a so little. So people are calling two one one to say where can they give? Absolutely, um, we haven't got the data on this yet, but there's probably hundreds of thousands of calls that have gone through two one ones nationally, mm-hmm. where people calling wanting to give help. Hmm. So it's uh, again where the system comes together. We have a small portion of the country that's in crisis. The whole rest of the country comes together yeah. to help them. Now, do you guys do any sort of like advanced prep work? And what I mean by that is, okay, we more or less mm-hmm. saw. Um, what's the hurricane's name? Harvey. Harvey. Yep. I had Harold jump into my head. I knew That's that was right. wrong. They'll we, name we, it the we, next we, one. We saw Harvey coming. We see Irma coming. Mm-hmm. So is there any sort of advanced sort of fundraising or, uh, you know, advanced work that even if it's not fundraising, maybe mm-hmm. it's just sort of alerting the community, being part of that get the hell out of the way sort yep. of effort, whatnot. What, what do organizations like Granite United Way do when they see it coming? Mm-hmm. 
So here in New Hampshire, which I'm most familiar with, we have a contract and a relationship with emergency management and Homeland Security. Oh, really? And we okay. plan for these sort of events. And unfortunately, a knock on for Micah here, um, we know there's going to be another disaster. I mean, in my career, there's been a lot of disasters, and they come, and our job is to You're be prepared. You're not taking responsibility for any of them. I'm not Sorry. taking responsibility, but I'm, uh, <laughs> I've learned that, unfortunately, they happen. Because you know what? At, People would say, in my career, there's been a lot of disasters, too, and I blame them all on me. <laughs> uh, they're going to say Rich and Patrick cooped up uh, the uh, the next one. Um, you know, something's going to happen, and our mm-hmm. job is to be prepared. And, and every large um, not-for-profit organization has a different level of preparedness that they hold themselves accountable for. If you think about the Red Cross, the amount of preparedness that must go into being able to deploy as quickly as they deploy yep, yep. is amazing. Uh, the United Way is a little bit different than them, but we are prepared, and we know that through our 211 systems and our um, our boots-on-the-ground approach at the local level that we're ready when something happens. Now, do you have any specific sort of interactions with uh – uh, religious-based organizations like uh, uh, Reverend Franklin Graham's mm-hmm. organization, name escapes me, of course, Catholic Charities, yep. we've already mentioned it. Yep. Do they do they go in and generally just sort of offer general assistance to whoever needs it, or do mm-hmm. they have some sort of specific niche that they're looking to, to help? I think they do both, and I think that um, the faith community in general is unbelievably underappreciated and unknown for what they do in terms of crisis. I mean, That's the faith true. community comes together Amazingly, I mean, the government and not-for-profits capture most of the uh, airtime when right. something happens, but the faith community is unbelievable. We can't let those crazy Christians get any headlines for helping their fellow man. There's a lot of good stuff going on. Um, <laughs> we get a lot of calls from um, the faith community through 211 to the United mm-hmm. Way that says, we can mobilize. This is what we can do. Right. Where do we get the goods that we can raise? Where do we put our money? And that's a nice um, combination between not-for-profit government and the faith community when they come together. Now, what are some of the things that the United Way will do on an ongoing basis as the recovery moves from crisis to mm-hmm. cleanup and from cleanup to, you know, restoration of a new normal? And mm-hmm. How how does that continue to happen? Because I would think that once the sort of crisis has mm-hmm. left the, the public consciousness that uh, – the cash yep. kind of dries up. So how, how does it work where you guys are more long-term than, mm-hmm. say, the, the immediate organizations that are on the ground to manage the crisis? Yeah, we learned a lot, um, unfortunately, through the September 11th crisis. And we realized that you know once the initial shock and awe of the event goes by, there's a lot of needs. And United Way focuses on education and income and health. Right. And there are going to be tremendous gaps in Louisiana and Texas where kids aren't getting to school where people are not going to be able to get to work, where somebody's life is going to be disrupted and it's going to have a um, negative impact on their health. That's where we're going to set up the intermediate and long-term plans to make sure that we're not forgetting about these folks who've um, just suffered tremendously in the short term to make sure that we're backfilling their needs moving forward. Gotcha. All right. So will there be any on a sort of ongoing appeal to potential donors as the crisis fades from view and the shock fades away and people sort of resume their normal mm-hmm. lives? We'll be prepared when we launch our campaign here locally to get funds to the Harvey or if um, unfortunately if Irma comes and hits us hard, uh, we will give the opportunity for people to give to those things. You know, the balancing act for United Way is we also need to raise funds locally. Right. So, you know, part of our preparedness is understanding that 
these things happen on a national level. Do, do you guys have sort of like a, do you tithe for lack of a better term to the, to the greater organization so that there are funds available for emergencies and crises like this, like a certain percentage of what you raise locally, um, you know, goes to the crisis relief fund or anything like that? We don't, that's not necessarily our mission. And I think United Way is the largest charity in the world. Again, it's a $5 billion charity all over the world. Um, we're being called upon during times of crisis right. and we're adjusting, but that's not our mission. I know that more um, crisis-oriented organizations need to hold back a little bit so that they're prepared for the next one. That's not in our mission. Gotcha. All right. And I guess final question here because mm-hmm. I've completely blown the clock and I'm sure you have. It's <laughs> I missed you this morning. I've completely so got, my but, schedule messed up your schedule. Well, no, that's all right. Uh, but I, what I'm trying to say is I ran long, yeah. uh, which is fine. But um, Irma. I mean, there's been a lot of talk uh, in the news media about, you know, two major crises like Mm -hmm. this, uh, emergency crews or response crews are stretched thin, blah, 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 blah. Yep. How does that work in the in the in the charitable world? You know, uh, does every crisis bring sort of a fresh round of donors or do people say, hey, man, I gave everything I had to Harvey. Sorry, you got to find someone else for Irma. You know, what I've seen is um, people who give, give. And again, I'll go back to September 11th. A lot of us were really worried about the impact of September 11th because hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars were raised. Oh, sure. As what was that going to mean locally when we had to raise money for, for our kids and our neighbors? And we had record appeals. So people gave to the national event and they came back and remembered what needed to be done locally. Um, I do think that not-for-profits government, we have to be concerned about multiple events hitting at the same time because mm-hmm. there are a limit on our resources. So if if we're deployed and really focused on Texas and Louisiana and then we need to shift to Florida at the same time being focused on uh, our backyard here in New Hampshire, that's going to put us under some strain. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I, I lied. I had another question pop mm-hmm. into my head. No Private sector. I mean, I remember when Katrina, mm-hmm. you know, was, was was happening and FEMA couldn't get out of its own way. And uh, they actually held up relief, you know, trucks full of relief supplies mm-hmm. from Walmart, which had, I forget how many tractor trailers of bottled water and in, in other, you know, necessary mm-hmm. supplies ready to go in. Um, do you folks coordinate at all with, uh, you know, private sector entities, companies like that, that have the, the logistical capabilities and the product and the wherewithal mm-hmm. and all that to, you know, get those supplies in there? How, how does that work? Well, that's where um, an organization like United Way's relationship with business can be really helpful because they can go through us and we can get them to deploy right to where they need to go because we've got relationships with the agencies on the ground. We've got the relationships with the companies. Um, my experience with FEMA has actually been a pretty positive one in New Hampshire and mm-hmm. Vermont. Because 211 actually takes the FEMA damage reports when we have an event here in New Hampshire. Right. So people will call in 211, we'll start the process, and we will get the forms to uh, the government. And that really speeds things up and makes it very efficient when you have that um, kind of public private partnership. Gotcha. Patrick, I'm going to give you the opportunity to sort of close this out with whatever appeal you'd like to make to folks for uh, Harvey, maybe Irma, your, you know, your uh, big annual campaign's about to take shape so or take flight? Yeah, I, I make a double ask, if I can be so <laughs> bold. Uh, you know, if anybody wants to help with the Harvey Relief Fund, please go to Granite United Way's website at unitedway.org slash Harvey, and you can make a donation to the Harvey um, Fund through Granite United Way. And please remember us in the next couple of weeks as we launch our local campaign, because we're going to be focused on the neighborhoods right here in New Hampshire and Vermont 
and we're looking to raise $9 million that we're going to turn around and give out within 12 months. Gotcha. All right. Give that website one more time. UnitedWay.org. You can get all the information that you need. All right. UnitedWay.org slash Harvey. And your local website is GraniteUW.org. Yep. Thank you for the reminder. All right. That's uh, Patrick Tufts, president and CEO of Granite United Way. Thanks for taking some extra time with us this morning to talk about the mechanics of disaster relief and the role that everybody can play so that uh, it's most effectively dealt Mm -hmm. with as possible. Okay. Thanks so much, Rich. All right, we're going to take a break for traffic, weather, and sports. Those of you- All right, we're not going to quite take a break for traffic, weather, and sports because I'm going to take the uh, remaining four or so minutes in this segment to underscore a few things. Look, folks, uh, you know these are these are uh, tense times, and there are many who believe, in a religious sense, actually, that the country is being tested. Um, I am not of the opinion that God is punishing the United States of America with hurricanes and mass shootings and things like that. Uh, but I, I am of the opinion that um, character is revealed in times of trouble and that how a nation responds to natural and man-made disasters says a lot about what that nation stands for and who the people in that nation are. And I think it remains true that Americans remain generous, caring, and helpful, despite the despicable statements made by certain people, whether they're university professors or network executives, who uh, are so unaware of the human suffering caused by these disasters or so indifferent to their victims because it advances or provides them with the opportunity to advance a political narrative, i.e., Republicans are going to let you die after a natural disaster, or uh, it's better to have those gun-toting Republicans killed than able to advance their positions on the political battlefield. That... They, they, they reveal themselves. Now, both this college professor and this uh, network executive apologized after, of course, being fired. But I will tell you, I don't believe their apology because I think in these moments, people reveal themselves. They reveal their, their true beliefs. They reveal their, their true character. It's, um, shall we say, a Freudian slip. And, and, and I hope the outrage that accompanied their statements and the uh, disciplinary actions that were taken by their employers causes them to have what we would call a come-to-Jesus moment and sincerely and seriously evaluate who they are as people and how intolerant they have been of those from whom they demand tolerance. And I I think that's something to look at. I also think, by the way, that um, what happened in Las Vegas, the president's uh, remarks in light of what happened in Las Vegas and the surrounding furor of the CBS network executive saying she had no sympathy because country music fans are usually gun-toting Republicans uh, will cause the players of the NFL to understand exactly whose eyes they're spitting in when they have their political temper tantrums on the field. 
I have no respect for them. By the way, um, this woman's employer, this Haley, uh, I got I to gotta look at her name because I don't want to get it wrong. This Haley Geftman Gold, her employer sanctioned her for exercising free speech. The professor, Kenneth Story, was sanctioned by his employer for exercising free speech. They not only were disciplined, they were fired as the organizations that they worked for were horrified by their awful statements. Horrified by their awful statements and did not want to be in any way, shape, manner, or form associated with them. So when people who play football as their job complain they have the right to free speech, they ought to remember this. And the owners and the league itself, which requires respectful attention to the national anthem. And the networks like ESPN who say, oh, well, we're going to solve the problem. We're just not going to cover. We're not going to show the national anthem in our coverage. I don't understand that. Um, when they allow it to happen, they're sanctioning it and agreeing with it. And let's be clear, they're not just exercising their First Amendment rights. They are standing in solidarity, kneeling in solidarity, as the case may be, with Cap, uh, with, with Colin Kaepernick, that jerk who took a knee wearing police as pig pig's socks to protest the daily police brutality aimed at black Americans. Yeah, right. So let's be clear about what the NFL players are doing. Let's be clear about the limits of their right to free speech in the workplace. And let's remember that people who have been as egregious in their protests have been fired by their employees for free speech. And let's do that and put behind us. Let's call everybody to say, you know what? What happened in Las Vegas, regardless of your politics, ought to be a gut check. What happened in Dallas should have been a gut check, but it wasn't. Maybe Las Vegas will be, but I doubt it. We don't need to become what we seek to destroy in order to to, to claim victory. What we need to do is take a breath, help our fellow man, wait for the results of the investigation to come uh, to be known, and then take the appropriate action. This is Gerard at Large. 